Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Donnie Football with you for about two more hours on this Wednesday night. Fan Hotline presented by Nemecolon. Around every corner, Nemecolon creates real-life magic for guests. We go back out to that Fan Hotline. Right now, we welcome in Mike DeFabo, Steelers insider from The Athletic. Mike, I'll ask you the same thing I asked our pal Brian Batko about an hour ago. Uh, this game, obviously, as of this morning, taking a way different shape as the Steelers head into Cleveland on Sunday. No Deshaun Watson. He's out for the season. Uh, do you feel better about the matchup, or are you in the camp that uh, thinks the Browns are actually better without Deshaun Watson on the field? Yeah, conventional wisdom would be that if you're a very highly play, paid quarterback who is watching the MVP conversation, is out for the season that it's going to be an obstacle. But here's the thing. I think there have been numerous instances in the past where the Browns go away from the running game that works so well, and they try to highlight Deshaun Watson. And in doing so, they go away from what works. So, um, you know, the Steelers have been inconsistent against the run for years. I think it was 2021 when they were very last against the run, both rushing yards allowed and yards per carry. It's been an inconsistent endeavor since then. So I think in a way you definitely can view it, and I kind of do, that if the Browns are committed to running the football, that might be more challenging than dealing with Deshaun Watson all he can do. Uh, On the defensive side for the Steelers, a couple of injuries uh, certainly of note. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, we will start with him, a DNP today, so he didn't practice. Uh, Doesn't look very likely on Sunday, or do you think that that could change as we get later in this week? I think that we'll learn a lot more tomorrow and on Friday, um, but the fact that he did not participate at all is not a good sign because what Minka normally does when he's injured is he goes and he's like a limited participant and he'll go and sit there on a knee and basically sit in center field and have the same point of view that he normally would have so he could take all those mental reps. Well, he wasn't doing that today at practice, which is a, a discouraging sign. And also Keanu Neal was also not out there. So, the Steelers are in a difficult position with their safeties because this is a team that they would prefer to run their three safety packages where you've got Minka, you've got Neal, and you've got KZ all on the field together. Now they're in a situation where if they want to use that package and somebody's out, you know, Trenton Thompson might end up being the guy that's thrust into action. And, um, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of experience back there and was part of the reason why the Steelers needed that late interception to steal the game. So, that's definitely very, very big and impactful, and we'll. I think tomorrow we'll really have a clear picture on things. So, are we looking at Demonte KZ alongside Miles Killebrew, or do we think that Elijah Riley gets a lot of run uh, if Neil and Fitzpatrick can't go? Well, I think Trenton Thompson actually could get uh, a little bit of an opportunity. We saw that was the rotation uh, in that situation, and I think it's going to depend on what the package is. Um, you know. When they're in dime and they have three safeties on the field, that's one thing. But when they go to nickel, what they did last game, or when they, actually when they were in dime last game, they had uh, Elijah Riley in as the extra defensive back. He gives you more of a hybrid type player because he has experience playing safety um, at that nickel position. So it's almost like having a fourth safety on the field. So, so I could definitely see something like that as well. Uh, how are things shaking out with the inside linebacker position? Because – uh, now we have run into uh, back-to-back weeks of season-ending injuries to Cole Holcomb and then Quan Alexander. So 
Elandon Roberts and Mark Robinson, uh, the top two guys. And we're going to likely see Michael Walker and Tariq Carpenter on Sunday. Yeah, so the guy that you really should be focusing on is Elandon Roberts. He's going to step up. And, and the thing is, when the, St- the Steelers had the three-man rotation with the guys that you mentioned, but the issue is they lost both of the guys that were their coverage guys and the guys that they could count on on third down, possession down, dime packages, things of that nature. And um, to this point, uh, Landon Roberts, had until the injury, he had played 15 snaps on third down. That was it all season. He, they were counting on him to be the first and, down, first and second down run stuffer. So what they're missing there is they're missing that coverage guy, and that's where Michael Walker comes in. And he's a name that uh, probably a lot of Steelers fans don't know, haven't heard. Um, he was just claimed off of the practice squad from the Las Vegas Raiders on October 30th. And he's an interesting guy because he does bring some of that coverage ability. He, uh, former Fresno State guy, who was actually a stand-up defensive end in a 4-3 in college, and he was he was one of those guys that they thought was a tweener, and so he would have to switch to off-ball at the NFL level. It's something he's done. He had 107 tackles for Atlanta last season. He started in 12 games and appeared in 16, so he does have some experience. So I think he's kind of like an X factor with that group going forward because this is not just a one-week Band-Aid type of thing. And maybe they can get by against the Browns, playing a lot of base defense, not really putting their linebackers in coverage. But with that game looming against the Cincinnati Bengals, they're going to have to have answers in their sub-packages because they're probably playing a lot of dime there. And I think Michael Walker could be part of that solution. Now, we know that Mark Robinson certainly has his limitations in the pass game, but does he uh, fit into a, a matchup like this pretty well, knowing that the Browns will have to lean on the run a lot? Like He 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 seems like he – I'm trying to, to put this nicely because I know what people have said, how he kind of like lacks the – the knowledge of the defense, but as like an old school type player, it seems like Robinson is a sea ball attack ball type guy. And that could work out uh, against a team that runs the football very heavily. Like we might see Sunday. Yeah, I completely agree, Donnie. Um, I mean, you go back to last season, there were instances when the Steelers had healthy linebackers and they instead played Mark Robinson. I think to see what they had, and they played him against two run-heavy teams. It was Carolina and then against Baltimore. Yeah, they played so, him over Devin Bush in that game against Baltimore. Exactly, exactly. So this would be another similar matchup where, you know, you need the downhill guy that's going to be a run-stuffer against a team that you know their identity, you know that they're going to come out with lots of two tight ends, multiple running backs in the backfield. They're going to tell you they're going to run the ball, and they're going to do it anyway. So having a guy like that, like Mark Robinson, um, that's where he he would have an opportunity. Um, but, you know, for him, it's going to be how much can you learn and how quickly can you learn if you want to be a factor beyond that. And, and we'll have to wait and see on that. And, and like I said, I, I think that his skill set is much more comparable to a Landon Roberts. It was almost like initially the Steelers had four linebackers. They had the coverage guys, and that was Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander. Then they had the, the physical downhill guys, you know, Landon Roberts and, Quan, and, um, and Mark Robinson, you know, now the fact that you lost two of the guys that are the same body type and the same playing style, that hurts you as opposed to losing one of each. Uh, going up front on the defense, uh, Monty Adams is on the 
uh, injury report. Uh, first, what would his availability or what do you think his availability will be uh, for Sunday? But right behind him, I feel pretty good having Keanu Benton in that spot. I, I think he is making the argument right now as being the Steelers' best defensive lineman. Yeah, the, the way Tomlin said it, he said he's come on like gangbusters, and he really has. And I, I think that you know he played in a very similar defense at, at Wisconsin. They, they played a 3-4 with a lot of the same philosophies and fundamentals. So that has helped both him and uh, Nick Herbig uh, kind of get up to speed more quickly than most. And I also think the wrestling background with Keanu Benton, he's a guy that knows how to use his leverage, knows how to use other people's aggression against them and things of that nature from his wrestling background. And, and I agree. You know, I, I'm not sure about the status of Montrevious Adams. It seems like this ankle injury is lingering. But even if he's healthy, I would definitely be firmly in the camp that Keanu Benton has done more than enough to prove that he's your answer there going forward. He's already, to me, playing better than Montrevious Adams has. And, and he's your future at the position. So, you know, regardless of, of Adams' status, I would stick with Benton. Uh, another guy on that defensive front uh, who I was excited about last season uh, was DeMarvin Leal, but I, I feel like his role has diminished a bit, uh, even with some injuries up front. Yeah, you must have overheard my conversation with Brian Backo today at practice because the two of us were kind of talking about that as well, that it seemed like when uh, DeMarvin Leal was presented with opportunities as a rookie, he took full advantage. He also was a guy that you looked at and you thought, okay, he's got some versatility, he can play on the edge, he can play inside based on what the, the front is. Um, but this year, it seems like he's been leapfrogged by some guys. And even when there have been injuries, he was not the guy that they turned to. So, you know, maybe a little bit of a sophomore slump. I also think he's in a situation where he's a bit of a tweener, um, where you don't know whether he fits as much as an interior defensive lineman or one of the outside guys. And some, sometimes, in a best-case scenario, the word you would use is versatility, but for those guys, there's also the situation like maybe is happening with Liao here where you kind of can't can't find the right body type and you're not really a, a, the right fit in either one of those two positions. So he's still a young player. It's way too early to write him off, um, but he, he definitely has not taken that step forward in year two that you would have hoped. Mike DeFabo, Steelers insider from The Athletic, our guest here on 93.7 The Fan. We'll jump over to the offensive side now. Uh, last two games, uh, the Steelers have really been able to lean on that rushing attack, and I think this is what fans were waiting for. Uh, we had a lot of conversations coming into the season, how we would see the running back uh, split up, and it, it's working out to a pretty perfect total. Uh, Najee Harris has run the football well. Jalen Warren in the last two games. Uh, I'm sure you saw this number, Mike. Uh, over seven yards per carry for him in his last two games. Uh, what is it with these two guys uh, that has worked them into seemingly the perfect mix right now? Well, I think some of it is that the Steelers have evolved the way that they run the football. So, you know, you think back to the first seven games of the season, there were so many times – it's first down, the Steelers come out, two tight ends, Kenny's under center, Najee's behind him. Everybody in the stadium knows that they're going to run the football. And, you know, it, it makes sense like that. There's a lot of teams that, like the Browns, that if you want to run the football, it only makes sense to bring in your bigger, heavier personnel. The problem is the defense also has an opportunity to bring in their bigger, bigger heavier personnel. 
and the Steelers were not having success. They're not good enough right now to tell you they're running the football and still do it. So what they've been doing recently is running a lot more out of the shotgun and spreading the opponent out with three wide receivers. And in doing so, they're going to match with nickel or maybe even dime. And um, so you're going to be running against you know, different body types, probably a less stout front, and in many instances, fewer guys in the box. And I think that that, along with playing Broderick Jones um, and, and doing a little bit more of gap scheme instead of zone blocking, has really been the key to igniting this offense. And uh, after the game, Broderick Jones said that every Thursday what they do, they have a meeting with the offensive linemen, the running backs, the tight ends, and Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach, gets up on a whiteboard and explains this is how all of our runs are going to go. Here's how I imagine our cuts. And, and by having all of those guys in the room, an offensive lineman who feels like he's executed his assignment but the play isn't working, he can then see why it's not working. And I, I think that that's been a big catalyst for their improvement, has been the schematic changes, the changes in approach, and the changes in personnel in their working. And, and as far as it comes to the workload between Najee and Jalen, I think that right now they're finding the perfect balance. Um, you know, I know in Pittsburgh we've tried to make it Najee versus Jalen. I firmly believe it should be Najee and Jalen. And by mixing both of them, keeping them fresh, you can keep yourself unpredictable in the early, early stages of the game. And in an ideal situation, Najee comes in as a closer when they're a little beat up and, and worn down, and then you can grind out yards and, and and burn the rest of the clock. And I think that that would be the best-case scenario for the run game going forward. Yeah, I've, I've always been in the Jalen Warren camp. I'm just glad we got to the point where uh, Mike Tomlin has actually gone to the running back by committee scenario with those two, and it, it seems to be working out very well. I, I wanted to get to Broderick Jones, too. You, you brought it up a little bit there, uh, but it sounds like you'll agree with me here. I don't think there's – any coincidence that the run game took off once he finally got inserted into the lineup? Yeah, I agree with you. Not only do I think that he's performing his assignments better than Chuk Okorafor, I also think that they've opened up the playbook to highlight Broderick Jones' skill set. This guy ran the fastest 40 of any offensive lineman at the NFL Combine, um, and that's what made him a first-round pick. He's a former basketball player who definitely has excellent mobility, and so They've been using him in situations where they've been pulling him. They've been getting him out as a lead blocker on screens. That's absolutely the way that you should be using your personnel, where you're, you're taking a guy who has just 19 college starts. You know that he's not going to be the finished product as a pass protector, but he's a great athlete. He's physical. He's tough. He has the right run blocking mentality, which is what you want out of your right tackle. The right tackle is the guy that typically has to do all those things. Then when they have Isaac Sayamalu coming and pulling – and in further opening those holes, that's when they're really onto something. They've had a number of successful runs and even touchdown runs where Broderick is winning his assignment, and then here comes big, big Isaac Sayamalu to bowl over a couple more people and take out the rest. And I think that that's the, the perfect way that they should be doing things. Do you think they have their five best offensive linemen out there? I, I do right now. I think for me, I would not change a thing. The only way that I would change anything is if um, maybe they sour a bit on Dan Moore Jr. if he has some tough games, and then they bump Broderick over to left tackle and give Chooks a second opportunity. But as it stands right now, I think that they finally figured out how to run the football, and the last thing I would do is change the personnel. Will Pat Fryermuth be back on the field Sunday, and what type of impact do you think he can bring to the table? 
I think he definitely is going to play. He's definitely targeting it. And um, Mike Tomlin's optimistic, his availability, everything Pat has said, every single thing points to him returning. Um, I, I, I think that in the passing game, it'll definitely open up some things. Often that tight end is like a secu- safety blanket, security blanket for the quarterback. And they've really underutilized Pat to this point. And so I think some of the criticisms of the Steelers not targeting the middle of the field can be chalked up to not having a dynamic tight end. Um, often that's the guy running up the seam uh, in those coverages. So I think that that'll definitely help. What I'm curious about is back to the, our point about the two tight ends. I don't want to see them come out with many two tight end formations that they're going to run out of um, just because I feel like it's predictable. And for as much as Pat is a great pass catcher, dynamic threat uh, in the receiving game, he's not been especially good in blocking, and and he's been responsible for a number of running plays being blown up. So I think if you do put him on the field, you have to detach him from the line of scrimmage. You know, you've you've got to make him a receiver and and do it that way rather than, you know, asking him to block, which is not his strong suit. Mike DeFabo, Steelers insider from The Athletic. Mike, thanks for taking the time. Let's get some wings soon. Donnie, you know I'm always down for some good chicken wings. Well, we'll 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 get to it, Mike. Thanks for taking the time, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you, Donnie. There you have it, Mike DeFabo from the Athletic. Little nugget there at the end about Pat Fryermuth. He he thinks he almost certainly plays on Sunday. I mean, I would love to see the the impact that Fryermuth can make. I again, I just worry about what we will see from him, given what we have gotten earlier this season. We'll get back to your calls coming up next, 412-928-9370, if you want to join the conversation. Steelers and Browns on Sunday. Deshaun Watson is out. Season-ending shoulder surgery uh, that was announced earlier today. How do you feel about the Steelers going into this matchup with Cleveland? Do you think the Browns are actually a better team Without Deshaun Watson, 412-928-9370. We will get you in on the conversation coming up next. Twitter brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township. Visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. Your call is coming up next. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan.